Good evening to everyone. Welcome to God's house this evening as we gather around his word, as we enjoy that salvation that is ours already. And may we be ready to take up our cross and serve him in our daily lives. And we join together with the singing of our first hymn, Open Now Thy Gates of Beauty. Let us please rise. We join in with our evening praise. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Dear friends, 
Let us approach God with a true heart and confess our sins, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to forgive us. Lord of life, I confess that I am by nature dead in sin, for faithless worrying and selfish pride, for sins of habit and sins of choice, for the evil I have done and the good I have failed to do. You should cast me away from your presence forever. O Lord, I am sorry for my sins. Forgive me for Jesus' sake. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. In his great mercy, God made us alive in Christ even when we were dead in our sins. Hear the word of Christ through his called servant. I forgive you all your sins. Name the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the well-being of all people everywhere, that they may receive from you all they need to sustain body and life, hear our prayer, O Lord. For the spread of your life-giving gospel throughout the world, that all who are lost in sin may be brought to faith in you, hear our prayer, O Christ. For patience and perseverance in this life, that we may not lose the hope of heaven as we await your return, Hear our prayer, O Lord. Lord of life, live in us that we may live for you. Please be seated as we sing our hymn response. The Lord be with you. Almighty and merciful God, it's only by your gift of grace that we come in your presence and offer true and faithful service. Grant that our worship on earth may always be pleasing to you, and in the life to come, give us the fulfillment of what you have promised. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. 
Our first lesson for this evening is recorded in Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 11. And we can see that rejection of the gospel message, it did hurt him. It gave Paul that opportunity to preach to the Gentiles. He was hoping, too, though, that the Israelites would listen to that salvation that's found through Christ. I am talking to you, Gentiles. Inasmuch as I am the apostle to the Gentiles, I take pride in my ministry in the hope that I may somehow arouse my own people to envy and save some of them. For if their rejection brought reconciliation to the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? As far as the gospel is concerned, they are enemies for your sake. But as far as election is concerned, they are loved on account of the patriarch. For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. Just as you were at one time disobedient to God, have now received mercy as a result of their disobedience. So they too have now become disobedient, or that they too may now receive mercy as a result of God's mercy to you. For God has bound everyone over to disobedience, so that he may have mercy on them all. This is the word of our Lord. We continue to sing our psalm this evening, Psalm 133 and 134. Our gospel lesson for this evening is recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15. And how it must have been for the Jews to, to hear Jesus point out this Canaanite woman's belief, the way she had that faith, and the way they rejected him as that coming Messiah. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. 
My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, It's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. This is the word of our Lord. We continue with the singing of our next hymn.
grace to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for our meditation for this evening is recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16. Dear friends in Christ, maybe many of you remember Operation Desert Storm. It was that military operation in 1991 to liberate Iraq. But how many of you, maybe some of you remember Operation Mula? Do any of you remember that one? It was an operation, military operation, carried out in the 1950s during the Korean War. Operation Mula was trying to encourage the first North Korean pilot who would defect to South Korea with one of the Soviet MiGs, MiG-15, the first pilot that would fly to South Korea would receive $100,000. A lot of moolah, isn't it? When you take a look at the military, it seems like a lot of their operations are named for what they are planning to do. I mean, desert storm, they were going to make this big storm across the desert as they would enter Iraq, go to Baghdad, and liberate that country. Well, in our text for this evening, we see Jesus using a phrase. Jesus using a phrase about his operation, about his mission, of why he came into this world. That he came into this world for one purpose, one operation, to take up his cross. But he also tells us Christians this evening, take up your cross also. That that's our mission too, that just as he took up the cross, so we too are to take up our cross. It's interesting to take a look at our text for this evening because it, it takes place shortly after Jesus asked the disciples, asked the disciples, who do the people say I am? And they gave the various answers. And then he said, okay, but what about you? What about you, 12? Who do you think I am? And, and Peter stands up, makes that beautiful confession that you are the Son of God, that living God. You are that Messiah. And Jesus says, yes, upon this your confession, I, I will build my church, and not even the gates of Hades will prevail against it. But shortly afterwards, this incident takes place. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples they must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. That he must be killed on the third day, be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, and you do not have in mind the concerns of God but merely human concerns. Well, what a difference. What a difference the way Jesus was speaking to Peter. Here was Cephas, the rock, Peter, who made that beautiful confession, and, and all he says is, Lord, that's not going to happen. But do you see what Jesus calls him? Calls him Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You only have concerns of this world. You only have concerns of man, not the concerns of God. That phrase, get behind me, Satan, 
was the same phrase that he used to Satan when the devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness in the beginning part of his ministry. And now he's telling one of his disciples, Peter, you're, you're Satan. You're Satan because of what you're saying. The Son of Man has to go up to Jerusalem. I'm going to be handed over, and I'm going to be killed. Think of what was going through the mind of Peter at this time. Thinking again of what Jesus said to him. Because again, there was a reason for this. And we know that reason. Jesus came for that one operation. Jesus came in that one operation for us in this world to take up his cross and to die for us. To take our place on the cross, to take that place for us, to shed his blood, to cover our sins. That was God's plan all along. That plan from the Garden of Eden to that day when Jesus died on that cross on Calvary, that his blood would be shed for us. It was his plan to take up that cross. I mean, when think about it, um, yeah. If Jesus wouldn't do this, we'd still be in our sin, wouldn't we? We'd still be in our sin because that sacrifice would not have been made. It's almost like if you're in a car accident and the insurance, you know, would say, okay, here's the check for the damages to your car, go get it fixed. And you sit there and say, oh, that's okay, I don't need that check. I don't need that at all. Your car isn't fixed. Your car doesn't work. It's useless. That's the way it would be. That's the way it would be again in this world if Jesus had not died for us. If he had not conquered Satan for us. I mean, think of the way Satan works in this world. How crafty he is in this world. I mean, Satan in this world doesn't want this world filled with robbers and murderers, child molesters or anything like that. He wants us just to um, kind of go along and say, um, let's just be good. I mean, isn't that what Peter was saying to the Lord? Lord, there's no way you're going to die. I mean, after all, we gave up everything. We gave up our occupation. We gave up everything to follow you. What glory is that? That you're going to die? Why, Lord? Satan just wants us to have, doesn't it, that we can do it on our own? That we can make our own sacrifice? That, that we can be good? That if I'm good to my neighbor, well, that's good enough to get into heaven. If I come to church every now and then, that's good enough to get to heaven. No, Jesus came to take our place. And then he tells us more there. Then Jesus said to his disciples, everyone wants to be my disciple, Let's deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? To take up your cross and to deny yourself. Do you want to be one of Christ's disciples? Then that means to deny yourselves follow after him. It's not always easy to deny ourselves, is it? I mean, we're so self-centered that we want things our way. I mean, how often maybe, if you remember when you were younger, that maybe your brother or sister wanted you to 
color, that you wanted to go outside and play ball. But you denied yourself and gave in and colored with them. Or maybe, again, the husband and wife, they want to go out to eat that night. They want to go out to a nice dinner, and, you know, the husband just, he would love to have Italian. But as they're going, the wife says, well, I think Chinese would really be good this evening. Don't you deny yourselves and give in? Because, again, you love your spouse. You realize, again, what a precious gift God has given to your spouse. So you deny yourselves. You give up, again, what you want for that other person. Isn't that what Jesus is telling us, to deny ourselves in this world? To trust in him, to, to take up our cross and to follow him. Because what can we do again? What can we exchange for our soul in this world? Christ has done everything. When you think about taking up your cross, Christ took up a wooden cross and was nailed to that cross for us. How often do we think about our crosses? Maybe it's those migraine headaches we get. Maybe it's some other sickness, loneliness. Maybe it's unemployment. Maybe it's broken relationships that we have. And we think that this is just, you know, such a cross to bear. But then I realize again what Christ has done for me. And I have to think again that the way he has called me to be his servant in this world. I think of his words too when he said that he did not come to be served, but to serve others. And to give his life as a ransom for many. To give his life for us to trust in his very words, to trust in his very promises. It's done so often, isn't it? We do that trusting in other places in our life. If you've ever flown on any planes, what do you do? You walk down that jetway, you walk into that plane, and you deny yourself flying that plane, and you're going to trust someone else. You're going to trust that pilot. I always think it would be cool to fly one of those planes. I think it would be fun to take a look at all those gadgets up there and all those computers and just to take a look at it. But then when I think about that, I figured I would probably crash the plane, ruin my life, and ruin the life of all the other people on that plane. So I deny myself that chance, that joy, and trust that pilot. Isn't Jesus saying the same thing to us this evening? Deny yourself. I have prepared that way for you. We can trust in his promises that he made that pathway for us, for heaven. That all things are done for us. I wonder what it was like for Peter to hear this. Get behind me, Satan. That must have shocked Peter. But if he would think about the cross that Jesus was talking about, that cross that he was going to go to, Peter would have understood this statement. I mean, Jesus taught plainly here this evening, didn't he, and other times, that he was going to be going up to Jerusalem. He was going to be handed over. He was going to be killed. But that doesn't end the cross. Did you catch that little phrase up there? On the third day be raised to life. He told them that it was, the cross was not going to be the end. But he would live. It's the same for us. 
Yes, we have to bear that cross. We have to take up that cross that Jesus says to lose our life so we can gain that life in him. There's a crown of righteousness waiting for us. We're told in Revelation, be faithful to death and we'll receive that crown. But before we can receive that crown, we have to bear that cross. To bear that cross before we receive that everlasting crown of righteousness, that, that heavenly home. My friends, bear that cross. Take up your cross each and every day. Take that cross that he's given you. Bear it. Because it's well worth the wait for that crown of righteousness. God grant this for Jesus' sake. Amen. May the peace of God surpass all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let us please rise as we join together with the whole Christian church on earth and confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father. As we return our first fruits to our Lord has given us all things, the guest books are located in the chairs in the center aisle. Please take a moment to sign those and wreck for your visit with us this evening.
Let us please rise, we prepare our hearts for the Lord's Supper. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let's give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly good and right that we should at all times and all places give you thanks, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty Everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who has called us to be his own so that we may live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song. Blessed are you, O Lord of heaven and earth. We praise and thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ. And we remember the great acts of love through which he has ransomed us from sin, death, and the devil's power. By his incarnation, he became one with us. By his perfect life, he fulfilled your holy will. By his innocent death, he overcame hell. By his rising from the grave, he opened heaven. Invited by your grace and instructed by your word, we approach your table with repentant and joyful hearts. Strengthen us through Christ's body and blood and preserve us in the true faith until we feast with him and all his ransomed people in glory everlasting. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the night that he was betrayed, took bread. He gave thanks, he broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, gave to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
being prepared for the Lord's Supper, you'll be ushered up on, in the center aisles and receive the elements. Dispose of the cups as you return your chairs in the side aisles.
Lord, receiving the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, we continue with our praise as we sing the song of sin. We give you thanks, O Lord, for the foretaste of the heavenly banquet that you've given us to eat and to drink in this sacrament. Through this gift, you have fed our faith, nourished our hope, and strengthened our love. By your Spirit, help us to live as your holy people till that day when you receive us as your guests at the wedding supper of the Lamb, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Again, just a couple of reminders again about the Luther movie that will be on October 16th. Uh, please order your tickets. If you want us to order, we can order them online for you also. And a reminder that a week from this Sunday on September 10th, we'll be having a congregational meeting. I'm asking the congregation to give us the go-ahead to uh, hire and sign a contract with Cornerstone Ministries. It helps us with our stewardship as we expand our facility here uh, in the coming year, hopefully, that the Lord will bless us with that. Um, also, we will be discussing this next Thursday for those that can't make it on the 10th. We will be discussing again about this ministry and what an opportunity God is giving us to, um, to use the blessings he has given us and to expand these facilities as we serve him in his kingdom. And as we think of these blessings, may we truly do what the Lord has said, that may we give that praise to him each and every day. 